everyone, and welcome to another episode of We, Us, and Ours, hosted by Charlotte from Chicago. Today, we will be hearing from our friend, Chris Nehemiah. Chris and I got connected a few months ago through our mutual friend, Bob Goff. And Chris has been an incredible mentor and encouraging voice ever since for me. We are really excited for you all to hear Chris's story. And I know his story of pursuing his dreams will resonate with so many of us. So let's lean in. Well, Chris, thanks for joining us today. Hey, good to be here, Charlotte. It's a pleasure. I'm excited for this opportunity. Oh, excited. We're excited to have you here. So it has been so great just getting to chat with you over the, the last couple of months since we first got connected. And I've loved getting to hear a little bit about your story. So I'd love if you could kind of share your background um, for anyone who doesn't know you yet. And I know that they'll be in for a treat. <laughs> Well, thanks. Gosh, I don't know where to start here, but I re- let's start from right now. Like, I am uh, happily married here in Tampa, Florida. We moved here a couple of years ago from the West Coast. I've, my wife and I've been married for 19 years. We have four young wow. kids, so all under 11. So if you can imagine that, like, we are just, there's no room for boredom in our house. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a lot going on and we love it. Um, I'm just, you know, family man at heart, love love spending time with these guys. We homeschool. And so the whole like 2020 pandemic of like, oh my gosh, everyone's at home. We've been doing that. So I started my own company back in uh, 2006 and have been a home-based entrepreneur. And she started homeschooling as soon as they hit kindergarten. So we just kind of live that lifestyle. You know, we, we travel quite a bit. I've been to 40 countries and, you know, just an entrepreneur at heart. I've had to see how that works and, and over the years and, and pivot this year for sure. But it's just been a, it's been a great journey. That's incredible. So, wow, homeschooling four kids, like congrats to your wife. That sounds really challenging. I cannot imagine, but I feel like that must be just so rewarding to get to spend all that extra time with the kids having them home. It is. And, and hey, let's, let's just be very plain and honest too. There are definitely days of challenges. In fact, I will, I will admit this right now. <laughs> just this morning, it was one of those mornings where, you know, the kids are kind of at each other a little bit more than usual and tensions are a little bit higher. We're like, you know what, you know how schooling how, and how like the school program, there's like the option for, um, for like year round schooling, right? So like you, you mm-hmm. educate for two months, take a month off it. Mm-hmm. Is there such thing as, as year-round parenting where we could like just take a break for a month? Like just <laughs> take a break. We, we we need a healthy break here <laughs> and can then come back, right? That crossed our minds this morning. So it is a joy and there's challenges too. Oh, absolutely. I could I could not imagine. And especially to have four. I am an only child myself. So even just picturing a family that big is just mind-boggling to me, but that's that's incredible. And so before before you get well, at least I guess being in Florida, at least you can give your kids recess if you'd like, having having the nice weather outside. It's true. It's true. Yep. We do a lot of that. We've actually just moved to a, a nice place here and we're just redoing a ton of stuff to make this kind of like an outdoor adventure land for kids. So, you know, part part of and I'm serious, like from zip lines in the backyard to like a livable treehouse to like some really cool stuff. You know, part of my journey was I was working kind of nonstop for a while and and kind of had that workaholic mentality and some things shifted and I decided, you know what? I want to design the, the business I want around the lifestyle I desire and the people I love. And so how do I do that? And and that's that's kind of what really led me into entrepreneurship was saying how can we just reverse this? Because typically in the American dream, it's 
let's get a good business. And in our, in our off time, we'll, we'll find a way to squeeze in some, some lifestyle. And maybe, maybe we'll use, you know, 10 days to travel the world and uh, we'll have a little bit of leftover time with our family. How can we completely change that and say, what's my ideal lifestyle and how can I get a business to serve that? And so that's what I did. And it's been, uh, it's been a fun journey. I absolutely love that the ideal lifestyle and it's, I think the idea of reverse engineering things is just so powerful, whether that's in creating a business and finding what people want and then building something for that, or in this case, just deciding what you want in life and reverse engineering that to say, okay, well, how is this practical? Because personally, I'm someone who's very right brain, I'm very visionary, I have all the creative abilities, and sometimes I lack the execution. So I think that taking the big picture and saying, okay, but practically, how can we get there is a really powerful thing. And there's that age old quote of do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Well, sometimes it's hard to find that. So I think there's something beautiful in creating not just what you love to do, but creating the lifestyle that you want for not just a certain period of time, but for your whole life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really kind of the determination I made years ago was I wanted to live a life. In fact, I just was on a, on a webinar earlier this week and they were kind of going around asking people what they did. And, and, um, I just remember saying like, there are days where I, I just don't know if I'm working or playing. Like I just, it's just that like fluid for me. Cause I really enjoy what I do. And then I, I do because I'm here with the, with the kiddos and the family as well. Like we just have this fluidity of like, all right, like, in fact, two hours after this podcast recording, you know, it's Friday, Friday mid morning, and we're, we're going to head over to, uh, to the Bush gardens for, for a day of just roller coasters and stuff like, because you can, and especially in this kind of new economy, if you will, you can design that kind of a, a lifestyle. And, uh, and like I mentioned, it, it wasn't always that way. In fact, we, we were just talking earlier before we hit record you were in San Diego recently, so you'll, you'll appreciate this little story. So my first career was actually in politics, of all things. I uh, led, wow. led, led a big pack, a political action committee of all the, the rich Republican fat cats of, of Southern California. We just give them tons of money. It was, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to talk about <laughs> this, this <laughs> career. But, you know, it was early, early in our marriage, right? And I'm just working, working like a dog and, and uh, really had at a young age, some, some pretty significant influence uh, in the Southern California area. But that also required a lot of my time. And so I was that typical, you know, workaholic where we're up at, you know, before, before breakfast, I'm out of the house to go do a power breakfast with somebody. And then it was a full day and then, you know, lunch, maybe a cocktail hour. And that frenetic pace just kept on for a couple of years. My wife went back to school as well. And so we just began to be kind of those sh ships passing the night there for a season. And I remember a particularly difficult season and you were just there. So you'll appreciate the downtown, beautiful city skyline and the harbor. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, right? And we live just north of Miramar Air Force Base. Okay. So I'm leaving one, one night evening after a cocktail reception for some, someone and uh, just thinking about just, gosh, life feels heavy right now. and and can I continue at this pace? And, you know, I'm leaving the city skylights are in the background. I'm driving up through Miramar and I'm seeing these fighter jets and these, you know, bold, brave guys. And I'm just processing. And 
God spoke to me through the radio. And that's crazy to say, right? (laughs) But I just turned on the radio and a song came on and it was a a song by Switchfoot. And it was, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? And that's how the song goes. This is your life. Are you, is it everything you dreamed that it would be? And I just began processing that and feeling like it cut me to the heart going, gosh, you know, here we are almost five years into our marriage. We talked about wanting to have kids, wanting a family. And I'm going, I'm not the guy. I'm not the worker. I'm not the husband. I'm definitely not ready to be the father that I thought I would be. This is not how life is, was envisioning. And I just remember the, the juxtaposition of seeing those bold fighters up ahead going, I need to make a bold decision to leave this career that was so promising and great money and all that. And it was that night that I got home, waited up for my wife, and we just laid out that plan. Of, okay, what do we need to do here? If, if I want to leave this career and pursue entrepreneurship and start your own business, that was scary in itself. What do we need to do? And that's, that's the night we started on a little, little napkin writing out some of our goals, some of our dreams. And that was kind of the start of our, of our journey into living this wild lifestyle that people you know, look at and scratch their heads. But um, I'm sure glad it happened and, and glad that um, really actually just thankful Switchfoot in particular. Like I, I want to meet those guys someday and just thank them because they, <laughs> that really was a pivotal song for me. Wow. I have actual goosebumps over that story. That is incredible. I think one thing in particular is amazing is that um, people of people whose uh, faith is important to them, like I know it is for both of us, they often talk about how they hear from God. And I think to a lot of people, they immediately think that's, oh, an audible voice of God being like, hey, and just kind of tapping on the on the glass. But I think it's amazing how God can speak to us through people, through music, through just inner thoughts that come on like a light. And I think that is just amazing that you were able to kind of have that moment, but also that it, that you just took that moment and ran with it. Cause I feel like a lot of times people will get those signs and just brush it off and be like, okay, well maybe in a few years or maybe when I'm more ready, but I think you can probably attest to it just as much as anyone that you're never going to be ready. You have to just take that leap, take that next step. And you might not get all of the green lights, but you just got to run after it. Yeah, you do. You do. And, and I, I totally agree with you. There's, there's so many times I hear that people were like, oh, I just feel bogged down in life. And I didn't, I wish I would have taken this action, but I did. And now I feel like I've got the golden handcuffs. Right. And, and yet there's so many opportunities now. There's so much potential to just pursue what you're, what you're wanting to do. I mean, I, I look at you, Charlotte, we, we met what a couple months ago uh, mm-hmm. through our mutual friend, Bob Goff. And, and he recommended we, we connect. And, and I just see like from that initial conversation, here you are starting your podcast, which we talked about, right? You're, How exciting. You're, you're thinking about like the book that you're going to write as we talked about it. Like mm-hmm. you are putting out your vision and you're taking action. And it's just pushing through some of that fear. Um, in fact, that's one of the ways I serve people is pushing through fear and uncertainty and doubt toward confident action. Uh, I've got a, a course that, I, that, that we sell and coach on called The Brave. And it's just the brave system of like, how do we take an idea like we both had, right? And just say, how can we confidently move through that? And there's these eight C's to confidence that we talk about, but it's, it's just taking that confident action toward a dream, toward an ambition that you have, and, uh, and not caring, like, like you just heard recently, Bob Goff said, don't wait for someone to give you permission mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, I don't know who needs to hear it today, but you don't need permission from anyone to go after your dreams. You have full permission to live the life that you want, however that may look. And I think one thing that I've been going through, at least at my age, so I'm 24, is that a lot of people think, well, I, I have to go to college and then I have to get a stable job. And if I want to maybe go into entrepreneurship, it has to be a few years after I'm I'm established and I have some money saved up. Or I think then for people that are in your age bracket of like, oh, well, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I can't take that risk because I have a family to provide for. I'm I'm past the age where I'm oh, I'm in my 20s. I can take those risks. What do you have to say for for people that think that they've missed it? It's never their time? too late. It's never too late and you're never going to be ready. I mean, that's one thing you'll hear when you get to uh to, to the point of of motherhood someday. Like people ask, "When are you when are you ready? We're going to wait till we're ready to have kids." Like, "You're never ready. You just do it." <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things and in fact it goes back to that night and I I still walk clients through this now is taking inventory of what you're doing. So that night on our napkin, a couple of the areas that we wrote was, what are we interested in? Okay, what do we study? What are we, you know, what, what are we moderately good at? What skill sets do we have? Uh, and what are we passionate about? Where is their intersection in those lists, right? Because there, there usually is. There's usually points where you're like, I've, I've studied this, I kind of became good in this area, and I have these other interests and passions. And how could you blend those, right? Like you're, you're a communicator. Uh, your, your curiosity is like ex exponentially greater than most people's and, and adventure. You love to travel. And so like you're taking all of that and blending that together and it's a beautiful thing. So I think that's an exercise that people could go through to just say, okay, what am I interested in? What am I good at? You know, what I study and where's my passion? Absolutely. That's so powerful. And especially a visual learner like myself, having that written out is so, so helpful because sometimes you can get caught in the brainstorming, but if you don't actually take the time and, and write it out. And one thing that Bob has always talked about is you have to know what it is that you want because an opportunity could come up. But if you haven't defined to either yourself or to the people around you of what it is that you want, then the opportunity might come up and you might not be ready to notice it or pounce on it. And I think for me, I like to be that person that says yes a lot, not in the way of spreading myself too thin, but I want to be available to the people in my life. And Bob and I were talking about this recently that I like to say that I live on the corner of whimsy and yes, that I, I like to kind of especially at this stage in my life. I'm single, I live alone, I can kind of just get up and do whatever. So to say, yeah, I want to live a whimsical life and I want to say yes to a lot of things, even if I am scared of them or if I don't know if I'd like them or not. I want to say yes to being available to these opportunities and to do things that the people that I care about care about. So for some of my friends that might be attending certain sporting events that I might not be a fan of or concerts or traveling and just saying, yeah, I'll go with the adventure. And an adventure that I said yes to recently was a birding adventure. I'm not a huge birder. I don't know a whole lot about birds, but a very rare bird was spotted in Rhode Island. It was a common cuckoo, which even though it's a common, it's only found in Europe and some parts of Asia. It's really not found in the US. If so, it's ever it's in Alaska. And so there was one that was spotted in Rhode Island 
And I had a friend that said, I I want to go see it. And I said, you know what? I'm down. And so we took the ferry from, from Long Island to Rhode Island and we found this common cuckoo. We took pictures and there were all these birders that had flown in from across the country. And it was an insane thing. And again, I don't know anything about birds. My addition to this conversation and to the event was I found a caterpillar in the road or in the grass. And I was like, ew, what is this? Because it was really big and brown and kind of squishy looking. And a guy came over, picked it up, brought it into the road so that the bird would fly into the open to come and get it. And all these professional photographers got nice pictures of it. And I'm thinking, did we just murder the caterpillar that I found? (laughs) (laughs) You're an accomplice to that. Right? right. (laughs) We got this crazy picture of the cuckoo. And one of the guys who took the picture came up to me after and said, hey, I got a cool picture with you in the background. What's your email? I'll send it to you. I was like, oh, thank you. So I walked away with this really cool picture that is straight out of National Geographic with me in the background with my binoculars. But if I wasn't ready for this opportunity, willing to say yes to something that's totally out of my wheelhouse... It would have just been an average Thursday, just me hanging around. But I think that that's some of the great things is after defining what you want and just being willing to be available to opportunities, even if they look kind of crazy. And I think for you, that hearing saying like, okay, well, this is what I want. And this sounds like a crazy opportunity and it might be scary, but it's it's what you want in the end. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Now that's a cool story of yours. Gosh. I mean, you, you feel like maybe you didn't contribute and you didn't have much to, to, to join the conversation of all these professional, you know, birders, but like you were the catalyst to create a moment that they'll probably never forget because you said yes. So that's kudos to you. Thank you. And absolutely. Again, you might not know what you're doing, but you just got to show up. I think showing up is the most important thing and having an open mind. And I had my cheap little like $50 binoculars where everyone else's binoculars had at least a comma in their price range, which to me was just like baffling. But it's you just got to show up and things things will happen. Some days it will be good days. Some days it will be a complete air ball, miss your shot. But it, it really balances out. Absolutely. That's so true. So what was it that really was the next step after you and your wife had sat down with your napkin and said, okay, this is this is what it looked like? Because sometimes people, I know this is something I've struggled with, but being the visionary and the idea person, sometimes it's hard to kind of figure out, okay, well, I have all these ideas. I know what I want, but I don't know how to get there. So what were some of those next steps that kind of it looked like for you guys? Yeah. So from a practical perspective, you know, one of the things that came to the top of the surface was we loved, we loved travel. We both enjoyed travel and we had been involved in missions and, and just kind of humanitarian, you know, give back opportunities. And I had a business background, she had marketing and sales. And we're like, you know what, there's probably something there to serve the more mission-minded community. Uh, now, again, this is back in 2006. So, you know, online travel agencies weren't like huge at that point. You could still position yourself pretty well in the online uh, space in terms of like getting a website and actually getting seen on Google. So quite literally, this is what our date nights were for the next few months. Going, like having a beans and rice kind of a dinner, right? Because we're saving for like, we need to quit our jobs and like have a runway of savings and to start the, start the business. And then we go to like Barnes and Noble and she'd go over to like, you know, the marketing design section, right? I'd go over to like websites and SEO and like, we just pour over books and take notes and like do all this stuff for a couple hours. Like literally that was date night for a while for us. 
And, but that led to just getting what we needed in terms of the tools and the resources to put the business together, you know, and to kind of put the business plan together and, and reached out and kind of had the, the right people that we needed to help with the website and do all this, and then just start making connections. You know, we each had uh, connections in that kind of a, a particular niche industry. In fact, I mean, gosh, I, Bob needs to like sponsor this podcast because I'm going to drop <laughs> his name again. That's how Bob Goff and I got connected years ago, years later, you know, and, and still to this day, that travel agency that we began uh, serves, love does, and serves the, the Restore International as, as originated. Those are the, just the kind of relationships that were formed. And so we, we left our job as Biden that year. We started the company, you know, fast forward a couple more. That was like our little baby of a business. Then she got pregnant with our first child. She said, okay. I'm done with this. I'm having a real baby. You take this one. <laughs> so for the next few years, it was then exploring, okay, what, what are we doing? It, it also kind of became that point where we found, we found some great success and some, you know, a lot of people were referring them to us and just the repeat and referral business. I became busy again. And I was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here, right? We got a kid now. We got another kid on the way. And, and that's when I really decided to systematize uh, my business uh, learned kind of then mastered the art of delegation and bring others into the picture. You know, so that's when I hired, hired a director of operations, hired a director of sales. We got you know, a lot of salespeople under us to just facilitate all the growth that we were doing. So I wasn't like literally handcuffed to my desk, you know, making all the sales when I would rather be, you know, with my wife and kids. And so that was a journey as well of just getting to that point. But really that's helped free me up to design the life that I want now. And four or five years ago is when I began doing more business coaching and consulting of small business owners to have the same kind of lifestyle. To say you really can redesign your business around the lifestyle you want and don't give your family the leftovers. And so that's what I do now is a lot of coaching and consulting uh, with small business owners to say, let's step back. What do you want your life to look like and how can we get there? You know, and, and usually there's some kind of practical business things that have to happen that I will help walk them through like systems and delegation and, and putting processes in place and uh, revamping some of the team. But I love that because I'm starting to see other people now, other business owners and entrepreneurs start living the lifestyle they want. That's amazing. And I think two things that really stood out to me that you said there was one referring to your business as your baby, which I know it is to so many people, but also the fact of delegation. Because I think that there can sometimes be a disconnect there of people that start their business and say, well, this is my, this is my child. I can't let anyone touch it. If I want it to be done right, I have to do it myself. And I think that's one of the biggest things that can kill people in starting a business too is overstretching yourself and there's no shame in hiring someone getting help or for me I'm someone I like to think I'm a smart woman I have a college degree I have traveled the world I still count on my fingers not gonna lie math is not not my thing and spelling out loud also not my thing I'm a visual person so for me I know that in starting a business I will need help with the numbers. And even though it's my business, it's my child, I want to do it right. And being that person that always wants to do things myself to make sure it's done right, I think that hearing from a successful business owner like yourself that really the art of delegation is something that's going to free up your time, free up your business, and really just 
function as the best well-oiled machine that you can because you can't do everything the top tier, you know, but you have to find what you are best at. Focus on that and you can bring other people in that they can do it at their absolute best, you know? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, one of the, one of the foundational things I take clients through is, are you familiar with the Eisenhower matrix? It's a, not really. so I, I've spent, you know, probably an inordinate amount of time and resources on learning and applying productivity and, and just delegation. So I mean, literally from David Allen and Brian Tracy and Tim Ferriss, and Michael Hyatt, like I've, I've just consumed a lot of content about this. The Eisenhower matrix is a very foundational piece to identifying what it is you need to do and need to stop doing. So it's it, think of four quadrants, okay, your X, Y axis, you've got urgency and importance. So if it's super urgent and super important, that's your quadrant that you need to do, you need to focus on. It's like, just do it, put that in there, right? Like Charlotte is doing the podcast, Charlotte has to do the podcast herself, right? Mm-hmm. But then you start to look at those other areas. If it's urgent, but it's not important, that's another quadrant, I need to schedule that. I need to look at, okay, yes, I need to do this, I need to be part of this process or project, but I need to put that on the calendar and and schedule that. And then as you get to the bottom, and this is where it gets more exciting because you want to stay up there in your sweet spot, right? But at the bottom, if it's not urgent and, and it's not important, it should be eliminated. Like it should not be on your calendar. It should not be in your schedule. You should not continue to do that thing. And if, if it's, if it's urgent, but not important, then you need to look at who can you delegate it to. And so you know, another, another super classic and easy way to identify what you need to delegate is take a piece of paper, right? You just blank piece of paper, fold it in half like this, right on the very top things that I do, right? Just take a look at your calendar the past week, your calendar for the day or next week, things that I do right in two columns, column down the middle here, things, things I like to do, things I don't like to do. Okay. And just be honest with yourself. Like I would rather not do that anymore. Okay. That's going to be the start of your delegation list. And you can start with at the bottom of that, at the bottom of that page, putting on there, what do I need to start delegating? What are some of those areas that I could just hand over? Um, I'm a huge, huge proponent of delegation. I've written a lot of blogs on it. And as part of, part of my freedom business system that I walk clients through is the how to of delegating. Cause there's some very key steps that most people miss. And it's, it's, typically why about 95% of managers and owners don't delegate effectively is because they miss some key steps there. So, but that, those, those two things, the Eisenhower matrix and that little half page sheet uh, will get you far in identifying what it is you can delegate. So, so you can stay in your sweet spot. I, I love that. It's so practical and really, really easy to say, okay, this is how I can see what I need, what I don't need. And I think that one thing with delegation is that you might need to start delegating before you feel ready, you know, especially in the beginning of businesses. You're like, oh, well, this could be a financial burden, but you have to think about what your time is worth. And so I think the first time that I ever heard it explained like that was someone saying, okay, well, physically, you might be able to mow your lawn, but how much time is that costing you? Because you could spend an hour mowing your lawn, but if your time is worth $50 an hour, quote unquote, but you could hire a local kid who is trying to make a few dollars and you hire him for $10 to mow your lawn, 
then you're still spending $10, but you're gaining your $50 an hour back. And so I think with people, especially people that want to start businesses or in those early stages, that it might seem like an unmanageable expense, but you have to think about the opportunity cost of what your time is worth that you're spending doing these things, whether it be that you could be working on other aspects of the business or that you could be with your family, you could be with your friends, you could be out doing those things you want to do. And you might not feel ready like, oh, well, I'm really, I'm really at the beginning. Who am I to hire someone, you know, but there's so much value in saying, no, I want more people on my team. And I think also the more that you bring people in, the more that you see that business isn't really a competition. There's so much to go around for everyone that honestly, I think people more likely want to just see others succeed than, oh, well, I I want to do this or I want to do that. Like, no, I'm I'm excited to see people that are adjacent to me succeeding and hiring people and growing. So I think there's a lot of stigmas to it, but just telling yourself, no, this is what I need. And I need to really delegate and outsource before I'm ready so that I can lay my foundation better for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's key. What you said there is, is just do it before you even feel ready. And what typically happens to you, I'll find people say is, you know what? It's just easier and quicker for me to do it by myself. Okay. But you don't want to do it, right? You've identified I don't want to do this, but I would rather not. And, uh, and yet I just feel like I don't have the time to train somebody. So here, here's the, here's like the reality, right? Let's just take a, a 15 minute example type of job or task that you, that you want to do. If you can just spend maybe five times that amount training someone to do it, you've saved that 15 minutes a day for the rest of your life. That's literally thousands of hours that you've saved, right? So back to your point of, of what's your time worth. And I love the, I love the landscaping example because I felt guilty hiring somebody at first, but I'm like, you know what? No, this, this is, this is a smart use of my time as a dad. And I'd rather be playing with my kids on the lawn on a Saturday than spending two hours mowing it. Right. Mm-hmm. But here, here's what happens, right? Is sometimes we're so like anxious about handing off that thing, that, that delegation. And we feel like, okay, but if I, if I, if they don't get it right, then I have to take it back. Like, well, so the worst case scenario is you have to take it back. So you're already doing your worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So why not just say like, let's try it out. Okay. It's a process. Be okay with a B, not an A plus. Be okay with a B because it is a process. You're going to have to continue to refine uh, those things that you delegate or the things that you hire out. You know, if you have a certain way of doing things, it's probably in your brain. You've got to get it on paper. You've got to, you know, maybe it's screen recording or audio telling someone how to do it, sharing a video about what you do and how you do it. So they learn the process, but be okay with a B to start. Okay. Because if the worst case is you have to take it back, you're already living your worst case scenario. So just get out there and start. Absolutely. And there's so many things that we live in a kind of perfectionist culture where, oh, it has to be perfect. And that hinders so many people from getting things done because they think it has to be perfect before it goes out. And that's something I've struggled with, with making videos of my travels. I'm just not great at video editing. I'm really good at photography, not great at video editing. So for me, and that's something I've been working on to say, okay, I need to delegate and outsource this for someone to edit what I have recorded and made. But there's been so many videos that I have just kind of sitting in my archive that are maybe like 75, 80% done. And then I just get this mindset where I'm like, I hate this. This looks terrible. No one's going to watch it. And then I just leave it. 
I don't do anything about it. And I think that that hinders so many people because they think it has to be perfect. And especially when we're starting out, I have a friend who's been a mentor to me for the last probably two years. And he said that if you're not cringing at your work from a couple of years back, are you really even growing? And so that's that's what you want. I look back at some of my photos from 2016, back when I studied abroad, and that was before I really got into photography. I didn't own a legit camera. I just had a GoPro and my iPhone. And I look back at some of these pictures that I thought were magnificent. I'm like, Charlotte, you're not even like straight facing the Eiffel Tower. You're at like a 26 degree angle. What do you, just take a few steps over. This would have been such a better picture. And now I went back to Paris last December and I took these magnificent photos of the Eiffel Tower and some of them are going to be in the calendar that I'm selling for 2021. And it's great because I can look back at those original photos and say, man, aren't I glad that I have grown over these four years, but that I still, I did it so that I, I had it out there. I enjoyed it while it was out there, but now I know that I'm still getting better and I'm going to continue to get better. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. It's just to, to look back, you know, look back over the past couple of years and, and uh, assess like, okay, am I still doing the same things here? Or have I, am I improving? Is there progression going on? Right. I, I look back. In fact, I think we talked about it on our first call together. You know, I had a podcast with some friends for a couple of years. We did 124 episodes. I think it was. And, and I remember going back and cringing at like the first couple of dozen, just going, Oh man, I said that way too many times and stuttered mm -hmm. here and there. And, you know, we certainly all improved just because we, we took the steps forward. We, we continue to refine. And I think that's one of the themes on this show is just take action, go pursue a dream, go pursue a big goal. Uh, it may be a little messy. That's okay. Like just get in the game and you're going to refine and improve along the way. Absolutely. I actually got a huge reality check from my best friend yesterday because I was watching a video and I saw a TikTok of a girl who was really fashionable for the holidays and she was about the same body shape as I am. So I sent it to my friend. I was like, man, why aren't I stylish like that? And she responded and she goes, at least you're not still wearing purple pants like you did in high school. And I got so called out and she sent me a photo of myself when I was like 15 and I was in purple jeans, a blue belt, and I had Converse that were giraffe sequined print. Ooh, nice. Bring that back. All in one outfit, all in the same outfit. And it was a gray top. And she, she's like, at least you're not still dressing like this. And I was like, honestly, yes. So my style has improved, uh, thankfully. I still don't feel like the fashion model in New York that I potentially could be, but that's also my surrounding. But again, at least I am not. And the thing was, I wore that same outfit another time, but instead of the Converse, I was wearing pink Uggs. So purple pants, pink Uggs, and a blue belt, all in one. All in one hour. You were comfortable, your feet were warm, and you were rocking it, right? <laughs> exactly. And so, again, at least like we can collapse for the growth there. But I'm thankful that we, we learned to grow, and you got to look back at those things. And it also kind of encourages you of like, okay, well, I've already come this far. Let's see how how much farther I'm going to be in a few years. And I think that's the really exciting thing is to not live in the past, but be 
be present, be where your feet are, but also take those past experiences and say, okay, well, use it as encouragement, you know, like you just got to start, everyone starts somewhere. And I think one of the biggest things that I have to constantly remind myself is you cannot compare your starting point to someone's middle of their journey. And I think with social media that sometimes gets challenging is that you see people on Instagram that are doing something parallel or adjacent to what you want to be doing. You're like, oh, why are, why don't I look like a New York City runway fashion model when I walk out of the house? It's like, okay, but you can't compare someone's journey of where they've been doing this for years to like, okay, I'm just starting to step out of my comfort zone. And I think that that's a reminder that we all need to say like, you'll, you'll get there, but we all have our own starting points and you cannot compare that to what other people's journeys have been. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, as you were talking, I was reminded, I think it's Bill Gates has this, this saying that we can overestimate what we can do in a year, but we vastly underestimate what we can do within 10 years. And so taking that approach of like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe I can't lose a 150 pounds in a year, or I can't earn my first million in a year, but over the course of 10, if I set some huge, big, bold goals, I probably can't accomplish them. Right. And it's just that setting of those goals and being clear on, like you said, what it is that you want, and then marching mm -hmm. toward that, taking some sequential steps to move closer toward that goal. Yeah. And I think also just being kind to yourself of that sometimes life is going to take a hit. And we know that better than any time now after 2020. I was looking back at my goals for the year this week. It It's very comical, you know, like to think, oh, I had so much hope for this year, but here we are mid-November and we're, we're definitely shifting some goals. But I think that if you compare and over the last few years, I got reconnected with someone who I knew when I was in high school and they checked in with me over social media recently. They said, how have you been? Like, what have you been up to the last five years since I saw you last? And I was like, dude, the last five years? I'm thinking, well, I graduated college, I moved to New York, I had a speaking tour, I've been to like 30 plus countries in the last five years, like XYZ. And I'm like, okay, so that makes me still feel a little bit better about the fact that yeah, 2020 wasn't what I wanted to goal wise. But over the big picture over the last few years, and I've been doing things now to lay the foundation for the next few upcoming years during this slow, weird time. But like, this is the first year that I haven't left the country in maybe five, six years, which for me is really, really weird. But to say, okay, well, I'm setting the foundation so that I can really launch myself ahead in the next few years to come. And you've got to be kind to yourself and say, well, you're doing the best you can with what you got. And you are exactly where you need to be at this point in time. And you just got to trust the process. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Yeah. If, if you're clear on your, your endpoints, if you're clear on that goal and that journey, then, you know, you, you look at 2020 as, okay, it's a speed bump, but guess what? Everyone had to go over that same speed bump. Everyone mm -hmm. had to figure out how to navigate. And so it's, it is what it is. Right. And we just move forward and we move toward you know, what it is that we want to do. So like, what is it for you? I mean, what's your, what's your next five years going to look like if you were to look back? 
my next five years, ideally, well, who knows? There's a potential I could be married in the next five years. We'll see. <laughs> but as of right, right? But as as of right now, as a very, very single woman, I will say that the more important goals that I'm focusing on right now is working on really establishing this podcast, launching my own travel consulting business to help people be able to travel more and fit travel to work with their lifestyle and ultimately write a book and start doing more full-time speaking gigs around the world. That's awesome. That's an exciting, exciting dream there, right there. Thank you. Any big dreams on your horizon for the next few years? Gosh, five years. Okay. So one of the major speed bumps that 2020 threw us was we were planning either either this year or next spring to go on a, a family adventure around the world. So actually, like actually buying a around the world trip ticket and taking, you know, two or three months to just explore together minimum. So, you know, that's had to change a little bit as we've adapted to travel realities, but I would love to be able to say that, yes, within the next five years, that's going to happen. I'm working on some, just some fun stuff and, and business and a uh, hobby, if you will, because I am a real estate investor as well. So I have some pretty clear goals on where I want to get to with annual income with that. I'm doing flips. I'm doing passive investments for rental properties. And then just growing my, my coaching and consulting business a lot more because not that I necessarily need the, the resources, but it's, I just love what, the, what I'm seeing in clients, like the difference that their lives are, are changing for the better within you know, their personal lifestyle, their family. They're spending a lot more time with their loved ones than they ever have. You know, the average entrepreneur works over 60 hours a week. Like I want to get that down to like less than 40 because I want to like have their kids say, man, dad was fun. Like mom was there. Mm-hmm. She was present, you know? Um, so just more, more of that. We're, we have some awesome fun stuff we're going to want to do in this backyard with, you know, fire pits and z- zip lines and tree houses. I'm definitely inviting myself over at some point once and I'm, I'm riding the zip line. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, and my, my, this is like mostly my wife's like, she loves, she's a seven on the Enneagram, right? So like that fun, spunky, just adventurous personality. So in fact, it's in the other room, but on the whiteboard the other day, we kind of mapped out the whole backyard inside of this house. And she's got like, we have these like 150 year old oak trees. And so we want to build this like literal, like Ewok village, if you will, where like each tree has like a little landing spot. And like, there's a little reading nook up here, you know, it's maybe 10, 12 feet off the ground. And a you know a little drawbridge that goes from one, and so just kind of fun stuff that we want to. We love hosting friends and family, and just making this place a, a haven for our kids. They want to, they want to hang out. They want to be family. Uh, so for us, that's a big goal for these next few years. That's amazing. So fun. And growing up being a very suburban child, I had a great backyard and it was always the place that people would come over. And that makes such a big difference. We had a trampoline, we had a playhouse, we had actual swings and monkey bars, and we had a big awning in the background. When you have a fun, safe, inviting space, it just people will flock to it. And so many amazing memories came from back there. So I'm really excited for you guys and for your kids. That's just incredible. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. I love it. Okay. So one kind of final question that I want to wrap up with, especially being the travelers that you and I both are, but one of my favorite things to ask anyone that I meet is if you could travel to anywhere in the world, like money, time, none of it's an, an obstacle at all, where would you go? Oh boy. 
so I, I hesitate to say back to one of the places that I've been, but I just loved it that much. And so I would go back to Bali and spend, I, I mean, I could spend a month, a quarter, a year there just because I felt like it was such a place that was unique the culture, the the food, just the, it, it really hit all five senses for me. And, uh, and it's a place where I can just envision taking some time off and, and taking some time to really deeply contemplate some next steps and create content. And uh, it just seemed like a, a tranquil place that I would just really enjoy. And they've got amazing food too. So I choose Bali. Ah, oh, I love it. Great place. And Definitely somewhere that I want to get back to once once we can, but incredible. And so this has been an amazing conversation. So for anyone who wants to get connected with you, where can they do that? Your website, social media, if they want to learn more from you, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so uh, chrisneemeyer.com. And I'm at Chris Niemeyer social handles. So at Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, you can find me at Chris Niemeyer. You can throw in the show notes if you want to, but Happy to talk uh, anything related to, you know, goal setting is huge, overcoming fears is huge, and then working with those, those small business entrepreneurs that really want to create a business that they, that they like because of the lifestyle Incredible. they desire. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. Okay. That was awesome. Wow. There were so many things that Chris said that resonated with me. The idea of designing a lifestyle that you want and reverse engineering it, that, that really stuck out to me. 2020 has caused so many of us to shift our lives, which has shifted a lot of our priorities and by default, our careers. So how can we use this shift to our advantage? Is there any idea seed that has been planted in you this season? What would it look like to water that seed and watch it grow? My challenge for you all this week is to write out what your ideal lifestyle is and think about what some of the next steps could be in getting there. It could be delegating some tasks you don't like, finding a mentor, or maybe just saying yes to more adventures. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you all. What was the biggest takeaway for you today? Feel free to reach out to myself, to Chris, the podcast page, any of it. We'd love to hear from you guys. And you will hear many times on this podcast that all strangers are a new potential friendship. So whether that's myself or Chris, we'd love to make a new friend today. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you guys again soon.